0: Welcome to the Books and Bites Podcast. Each month, we bring you book recommendations and discuss the bites and beverages to pair with them. We're coming to you from the Justman County Public Library's recording studio. My name is Eden Gray. And I'm Carrie Green.
1: And I'm Kendall Haddocks.
2: So today we're talking about books that make good gifts. I think there's nothing worse than being given a really long book that you don't have much interest in because then you feel guilty if you don't read it. So for me, rule number one is don't give anyone a book that could potentially make them feel guilty.
0: I do hate getting a book that I know is someone else's favorite and that I think I won't end up liking at all because then I feel guilty about not liking it, even though I can't control that. (laughs)
1: Exactly. A way to get around that, too, would be to get a book that you know that they love. They may have read it at the library or they may have a copy that's very page worn and you could get them a collector's edition or really pretty version of a book that you know they already like. Great idea. And another thing that I like to do, if you know the person really well that you're getting for, if you know that they like a certain author trying to find a book by that author that they haven't read, then it kind of shows that you put a lot of thought into it so that they don't feel guilty that they have to read it because they already like the author, but they may enjoy finding something new.
0: I also really like getting coffee table style books because they can be expensive, but also because they're really pretty. Um, I like giving books that have really great covers as gifts because they
1: make great conversation pieces. And when you give a pretty book, those big coffee table books especially, it's almost like you're giving the book for the text and for the art. It's like a piece of art that you're giving. Um, So it's getting two wonderful gifts in one.
0: And with that said, each of us is going to go ahead and recommend some of our best picks for books you can give as gifts this holiday season.
2: So the first book I want to talk about is Vittles, An Appalachian Journey with Recipes by Ronnie Lundy with photographs by Johnny Autry. This book would make a great gift for anyone who's interested in Appalachian food or culture. The author was born in Corbin, Kentucky and grew up in Louisville, so she has a deep connection to the subject, which is really reflected in the writing. Lundy drove over 4,000 miles through the southern and central Appalachian Mountains, talking to, as she puts it, quote, home cooks and chefs, farmers and shop owners, curers and savers and preservers of both food and traditions, unquote. Their stories are told in beautifully written essays that explore Appalachian food and culture and profile the growers and makers who are renewing interest in Appalachian food. I haven't tried any of the recipes yet, but they range from traditional favorites like cornbread and tomato gravy to new ones that the author encountered in contemporary Appalachian restaurants, such as green strawberry pickles. The photographs that accompany the book are incredibly beautiful, too, and provide texture to the words and recipes and will make your mouth water. Of course, you can't talk about Appalachian food without mentioning cornbread, and Lundy devotes several pages to it. She is firmly in the no sugar camp, as am I. So instead of giving a specific recipe, I wanted to talk about how I make cornbread without dairy. I'm allergic to milk, so I can't use buttermilk in recipes um, the way that Lundy does in hers, but I found that plain unsweetened soy yogurt is a great substitute. Depending on how thick the yogurt is, you may have to mix in a little soy milk to thin it out. If you don't have soy yogurt, you can also make a buttermilk substitute by warming your soy or other plant-based milk for about a minute in the microwave, then adding a tablespoon of vinegar or lemon juice to it. That's a trick I learned from Mark Bittman's book, How to Cook Everything Vegetarian, which we also have in our collection. Those substitutes work great in biscuits, too, and add that little bit of tang that you would otherwise get from the buttermilk. The second book I wanted to talk about is Fictitious Dishes, an album of literature's most memorable meals by Dinah Fried. This book was published in 2014, and I think it would make a great gift for any book lover. It's also the perfect book to talk about on our first Books and Bites podcast. The author recreated memorable meals from her favorite books, then styled and photographed them. My favorite photographs are the meals I remember from the books I read as a child, such as Anne of Green Gables, which of course includes raspberry cordial, and Heidi. Like fried, I quote, can still taste the golden cheesy toast, unquote, that, that Heidi's grandfather made for her, which is a little bittersweet since I can no longer eat real cheese. There's a lot of variety in the books she chose, everything from classics like Moby Dick and The Catcher in the Rye to more recent titles like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The facing page for each photograph includes a passage from the source book about the pictured meal, as well as some notes about the book, its author, or the food. Fictitious dishes does not include the recipes that she used, it's more about recreating a mood or memory with the images. Also, some of the photographs are of things like strawberries from Emma, or a pile of White Castle hamburgers from Motherless Brooklyn, and you don't really need recipes for those. If you're looking for recipes that match your favorite author or book, then I recommend the blog Paper and Salt. As the blog description states, quote, paper and salt attempts to recreate and reinterpret the dishes that iconic authors discuss in their letters, diaries, essays, and fiction. Unquote. It includes lovely photographs and detailed discussions about the author and recipe choice. Some of the more recent authors that have been featured include Umberto Eco, Henrik Ibsen, and Laura Ingalls Wilder. Unfortunately, it's not being updated as much as it used to be. The most recent post is from August, but I still recommend reading through the blog's archives, especially if you like literary fiction and want to learn about the history of recipes.
0: This is Eden and the books that I want to talk about that make great gifts for this holiday season are books that are related to movies that have come out recently or that are going to come out very soon. The first one is uh, the Star Wars Force Awakens novelization by Alan Dean Foster and it's the novelization of the incredibly popular episode 7 of Star Wars that came out last holiday season. This particular novelization is fantastic not just for Star Wars fans, but for anyone who loves a good action book or uh, really loved the movie. It's perfect for all geeks and book lovers. It's fantastically written and has a lot of extras that you won't get just from watching the movie. It's amazing writing really gives it an in-depth look at the movie and gives everyone's favorite characters extra dimension. You get the point of view of Finn and Rey and Poe, and even some chapters from the point of view of the droid BB-8, who I know is everyone's favorite droid, and he is still featured on a lot of uh, holiday toys that people are going to be getting this year. If you're a huge Star Wars The Force Awakens fan, and uh, especially if Rey is your favorite character, one of the coolest things that Star Wars has offered us is a recipe for the portion bread that Rey gets in the beginning of The Force Awakens. That really strange green bread that she just adds water to and it turns into this sort of edible looking thing. The recipe that we've got here looks a little more delicious than what Ray actually has to eat in the movie. And it features some cake flour, sugar, green matcha powder, baking powder, um, milk, and vanilla extract. And basically you mix all the ingredients together in a mug or bowl, put it in the microwave, and hit start and you're good. Um, So we will include that recipe in our... A related blog post if you want to try that out later on. Another book that I would like to recommend as a gift for this holiday season is Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children by Ransom Riggs. This is a young adult novel that is somewhat of a modern classic. It's the first in a series that appeals to all ages of readers from teens to adults. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is about a mysterious island that is home to a secret and mysterious orphanage lost in time and in turn it's home to... Some very strange and peculiar children. Those children are overseen by Miss Peregrine, who our protagonist meets and finds that he has an unusual connection with. It's an adventure story with lots of fantasy and historical elements, and I think it makes a great gift for book lovers and for those that enjoyed the movie that just came out this past September. Also perfect for book lovers and fans of Miss Peregrines is Tales of the Peculiar, also by Ransom Riggs. It's a collection of short stories and photographs that are set in the Miss Peregrines Peculiar Children world, and it features secrets of peculiar history, stories that you won't find anywhere else, and some unique photographs that you won't find in any of the other Miss Peregrines books. While it's perfect for fans of the series, it's also good for those that are new to it and looking for a magical world to escape to for a little while. I also think it makes a great gift book because it's a really pretty book and has a gorgeous design on its cover. If you are planning to give Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and Tales of the Peculiar as a gift this holiday season, I highly recommend that you pair them with a great set of tea. Um, These will be great books to sit down and read with a hot cup of tea on a stormy evening. So I hope that that helps you pick out a book for the book lover in your life.
1: What tea would you recommend, Eden?
0: My favorite tea is Earl Grey um, because it's bitter and tastes a lot like tea, but it's not too bitter um, and it's not sweet. But if you do like sweet tea, you can add a little milk to it. So it's a good choice for all people who like tea.
1: Earl Grey is wonderful. It's one of my favorites. I also really like oolong. If anybody's never tried oolong before, it's one of my favorites.
2: I'm a fan of Darjeeling tea. That's my favorite. (laughs) It's a little fruity and light.
0: (laughs) Thanks for the suggestions.
1: This is Kendall and I have a couple of books that are for the tweens in your life. So if you are gift shopping for a 9 to a 13 year old or so um, and you either don't know them very well and you want to get something that is popular and something they'll like even though you don't know their taste, or they're so popular that pretty much anybody's going to like them so it could be a beloved one as well. Um, the first one I have is the Guinness World Records 2017. It is one of the most popular books every year at our library. We have multiple copies in children's and in teens. Um, it comes out every year and it is Book of World Records, so all the records that were broken during the year or set during the year, along with a lot of general knowledge, um, because twins love trivia, Um, so it's got lots and lots of facts. There are tons and tons of pictures um, to draw the eye and learn a little something as you go. What was your favorite
0: fact that you learned from this book, Kendall?
1: (laughs) I I was just flipping through it just now, and it showed the longest someone has ever been drugged by a horse, which was very interesting to me. And how long was that? (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to have to go back to it. Let's see. Longest distance pulled by a horse for a full body burn is 500 meters or 1,640 feet. Is this part of a competition, or do they do this for fun? Almost all of these in this book are, they're trying to break the Guinness World Record. So, yeah, they probably did it for fun and then realized they could break a record and try to keep going. So, yeah. <laughs> but there's there's food facts, there's gross facts, there's sports and animals, all kinds of things that are not just records, but that are, like, the fastest animal and that sort of thing, too. So... It's, it's great for pretty much anybody. So with the Guinness World Records 2017, I thought it might make a great gift to give the book along with the novelty popcorn that you can find at places like the mall where it has the cheddar, caramel, and regular popcorn because this seems like something that is almost like reading a movie. So you would have a great snack to go along with it. My second recommendation is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, but instead of getting just any old copy, they have now started on a series of illustrated editions. Jim Kay is the illustrator, and these are absolutely beautiful. So far, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and the second book, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, have been printed, and they're going to put out a new version, a new edition every year for the next six years. So all of the series books will have an illustrated version by the time they're done. The Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is absolutely gorgeous. It has full-page color illustrations on almost every page even the the pages look like they have have stains on them or they're older they've got ink blots along with the really detailed whimsical illustrations that go along with each character Um, and each thing that he illustrates like Hogwarts or Diagon Alley those things look like what I imagined them to look like so I actually like them better than the movies because it was closer to how I envisioned it. Um, And I think a lot of people will think the same. So if you have someone who loves Harry Potter or someone who you are introducing for the first time, this would be a great version so that they can get fully immersed in the experience of Harry Potter. And to go along with that, the recipes we have in our collection here at JCPL, we have the unofficial Harry Potter cookbook. Um, It has tons and tons of recipes that were mentioned in the Harry Potter series, all kinds of British things like shepherd's pie and bangers and mash and treacle tarts and those sorts of things. Um, I wanted to specifically talk about the pumpkin pasties that he gets on his first train trip from Platform 9 and 3 quarters to Hogwarts because that was something that stood out to me because I'd never heard of them before. For. When I was reading them when I was younger, pumpkin pasties just sound very, very British to me. And um, as an adult, I love all things pumpkin, as I think many of us do. This one is basically like a pie pie. A handheld pie there's pastry crust that you make and then the filling is camp pumpkin granulated sugar nutmeg and cinnamon so it's basically a pumpkin pie but then it has the crust that goes all the way around it and then you bite into it so I'll include that on our blog along with the other recipes that we're mentioning today but if you check out the unofficial Harry Potter cookbook it is on page 39
0: At our last meeting of Books and Bites, we received recommendations for gift books from our patrons, and we would like to share those recommendations with you today. The first recommendation that we received is for fans of The Walking Dead TV series or graphic novel series. This recommended book series is by Jonathan Mawberry, and it's the Joe Ledger series, Book one is called Patient Zero. The Joe Ledger series is about a Baltimore detective who was recruited by Homeland Security to deal with a bioweapon that turns people into zombies. So pick up the Joe Ledger series for the zombie fan in your life. Patrons also recommended the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon, which is now a hit TV series. It's about a former combat nurse from 1945 who was transported to Scotland in the year 1743. Another great gift for fans of Outlander, the TV series, or the books, is The Outlandish Companion, also by Diana Gabaldon, which is a complete illustrated guide to the first four books. And for something a little different, we have The Joy of Cooking, originally published in 1997 by Irma S. Rombauer, which is regarded as the most authoritative cookbook in America. We'd like to thank our patrons for these recommendations, and look for more recommendations from our library patrons next month on the Books and Bites podcast. To find a list of books and recipes mentioned on this podcast, and to find out more about the creative space and our recording studio, visit www.justpublib.org. For more book recommendations and discussion, we meet in person once a month at the library. Join us for our next program, Wednesday, January 25th at 1030 a.m. in the conference room. Our theme song is The Breakers by Scott Witten, from his forthcoming album In Close Quarters with the Enemy. To hear more of Scott's work, visit palisades.bandcamp.com.